Welcome to the Hello Personality Podcast, the place where you can learn how to use your personality type to create a radically authentic life that ignites your potential and creates positive ripple effects to all those around you. I'm Leslie McDaniel, and this is Season 3, Episode 2. In this season, we're focusing on the 16-type system of personality, and in the last episode, Episode 1, we dug further into the issues that each of the 16 types experience when they want to create this radically authentic, meaningful, and impactful life. In this episode, we're going to get into a five-part framework that I created while working one-on-one with my coaching clients and while helping people to find their accurate personality type in either the 16 types or Enneagram systems. As I began working with clients in the early years of my business, I noticed patterns in the struggles that they came to me with. And these patterns led to the creation of what I'm going to call the authentic life framework. Since then, I've used this framework with clients, I've taken students through group courses using this framework, and I've continued to verify the effectiveness of the key concepts in the framework. Over the next few episodes, I want to share this powerful tool with you. I want you to have the power of this tool in your hands to create the most radically authentic, purposeful, and impactful life possible, and to encourage you that this kind of life is within your reach. This framework is powerful in the hands of those who consider themselves to be trailblazers and meaning makers. Now, if that's you, then I'm so glad you're here with me. We're going to cover one element of this framework per episode, and you'll also learn how the 16 types relate to each aspect of the framework. This means we'll look at the struggles and the strengths that your type has with each of the concepts in the framework. Now, if you don't know what your personality type is, that's totally okay. This tool can be applied to your life no matter what. Later in this season, you'll hear from some real life people about their relationship to each piece of the authentic life framework. So let's go ahead and dive in with the first element. Part one is consciousness. And consciousness is found at the center of everything in the authentic life framework. I define consciousness as the state of being aware of how you're showing up and interacting with the world. Becoming more conscious then involves knowing the filters through which you view the world, knowing your triggers, and being able to identify your automatic patterns of behavior. Consciousness is also the state of being aware of what I call your instinctive values. That is, the values that you honor in your life without even knowing it, because they're so deeply ingrained automatic, and important to you. Consciousness is also being able to identify and understand the underlying beliefs that you have about yourself and about your life. It's knowing what stresses you out and being able to recognize the ways in which you respond to these stress triggers so that you can minimize their impact on you. If you're a human alive in this world, you will experience stress. So it's not about removing stressors altogether. But as you increase your consciousness, you'll be able to alter your response and the way that you show up when you do experience stress. Now, if you do know your accurate personality type in the 16 type system, and you begin to use your type as another framework for awareness and increasing your consciousness, it's almost like having a cheat sheet to reflect and observe some of these areas that are highlighted by your type. 
Knowing your personality type is not necessary for consciousness or to increase your consciousness, but it really is effective because it gives you a guide to self-reflect and self-observe some of the patterns that I've just talked about. Your personality type can help you see specific gifts and strengths that you have that are related to your type. And your personality type can also guide you to see what's in your shadow or all the things you don't currently know about yourself or can't yet see. If you want some guidance on how to approach some of these unconscious bits with your Enneagram type, be sure to check out season two, episode 11, in which I talk about the blind spots of each Enneagram type. Even though that particular episode is about the Enneagram, I do share a helpful tool in that episode that you can also use with your 16 types personality. But let's take a look at the relationship the personality types in the 16 type system have with consciousness, that first element of this five-part framework. Let's start with the EJ types. So those are the ENFJs, ENTJs, ESFJs, and ESTJs. These types all primarily engage with the world through a decision-making process that's oriented toward the external world. We call this an extroverted judging function. If you're unsure what this is, I encourage you to check out the episodes in season one when I cover more details about the way this system is set up. If you are familiar with cognitive functions though, for EFJs, this is the extroverted feeling function. And for ETJs, this is the extroverted thinking function. But if you don't know that, that's okay. Just know that all EJ types are frequently making judgments or decisions about the external world and how things should be. A few examples of this include how we should treat each other, how to be in relationship with one another, the best way to make things work in the external world, or how systems and structures should be set up to best serve other people. The EJ types may lack consciousness around how good they are at managing the external world either managing relationships and the feelings of others for EFJs, or how good they are at leading and managing projects or teams or being an effective problem solver for the ETJs. But in general, they're going to have a lot of confidence in the realm of making these things happen in the external world. When it comes to consciousness, these types are very aware of what the world values, or at least what their culture, family, or the values of another environment in which they find themselves. They may not be aware of how much impact these external standards have on them and how much influence it has had throughout their life because it's so normal and natural for them to know exactly what's expected and they know what tends to work well. The EJs may have adopted a system of belief or an identity related to their environment as well. For the EFJs, that would be the ENFJs and the ESFJs, this could be a religious upbringing that they've had that maybe they haven't questioned why they hold those beliefs or whether or not they truly believe in what they've been taught. Or it could mean ignoring or being unaware of the little voice in their head that niggles at them when something doesn't really make sense, but it would cause waves to go against it. For the ETJs, that would be the ENTJs and ESTJs, this could mean adopting an identity based on their environment, their upbringing, their career, or even a personality system without really digging in deep to find their own convictions and feelings about who they are. 
It could also mean ignoring or being unaware of that nagging feeling that they're living out of alignment with their own values and their own identity. That is, that which is apart from those external structures I mentioned earlier. In fact, when you remove the external structures, or if the external structures start to break down, the EJs can feel very insecure about their identity, and they might struggle, or they may not even see the importance of understanding what they believe or who they are apart from their relationships or their career, for example. So let's move on to the second group, and that would be the IP types, the INFPs, ISFPs, INTPs, and ISTPs. We're going to talk about these second because they also primarily interact with the world through a decision-making or judging process. With the IP types, though, this process is oriented towards their own internal world and not the external world as it was for the EJs. We call this an introverted judging function, and it's either introverted feeling for the IFPs or introverted thinking for the ITPs. These personality types are constantly accepting or rejecting things based on their own internal guidance of their own beliefs and logic, and that would be for the ITPs, or based on their own system of values, convictions, or feelings, and that would be for the IFPs. These types have spent a lot of time clarifying their own systems of beliefs or feelings about things, but just like the EJs, they may not realize just how often their own internal judgments are at play or the impact or possibly the lack of impact these judgments have on their external worlds. They may lack consciousness around the fact that not everyone has such a clear and confident sense of their own internal logic systems, that would be for the ITPs, or that not everyone has such rock-solid convictions and value systems as the IFPs do. So let's move on and look at the two groups that primarily experience the world through perceiving or information learning processes. These are the IJs and the EPs. Let's have a look at the relationship IJs have to the element of consciousness first. The IJs, meaning the INFJs, ISFJs, INTJs, and ISTJs, experience the world through an internal learning process. We call this an introverted perceiving function. For INJs, INFJs and INTJs, that is, it's introverted intuition. And for ISJs, ISFJs and ISTJs, it's introverted sensing. Once these types come to an understanding of something, in other words, once they perceive something, they see this perception as real. This information processing all happens internally. And it therefore breeds a lot of confidence around the way in which their mind puts together information to come to new understandings. This process takes a while, so this understanding may take a while to come together. But the IJs have confidence that this process will give them what they need as long as they give it time. The minds of the INJs are constantly creating themes, categories, abstractions, and speculations and they see things from a 10,000-foot perspective rather than focusing on the individual experiences that provided that information. The ISJ mind culls all the facts, details, specifics, 
evidence or proof from their previous experiences or the experiences of others who are experts, so to speak, to come to an understanding and they don't want to have to guess about things. Because they have so much confidence in what they can learn from their own minds, the IJ types can either lack consciousness of or just ignore what they can learn from the external world, either through direct sensory experiences for the INJs or by experimenting with new possibilities, concepts, and patterns for the ISJs. And that brings us to the final group, the EPs and their relationship with consciousness, the first element of this framework we're discussing. So these are the ENFPs, ENTPs, ESFPs, and ESTPs. Now, as you might have guessed, if you're following the pattern of what I'm sharing here, the EP types primarily experience the world through a perceiving or learning process. And it's a a process that's focused on the external world. So in other words, an extroverted perceiving function. Now, if you know the cognitive functions, this is either extroverted intuition for the ENPs or extroverted sensing for the ESPs. These personality types are constantly taking in and seeking new information from the external world. They take in and process this information so effortlessly that they may not even be aware of how much they're perceiving at any one time. They have a lot of confidence, whether they're aware of it or not, in handling whatever the world throws at them. So due to this, they're very adaptable to new information and changing situations. Whereas the IJ's internal perceiving processes are slow and methodical, the EP's external perceiving processes are fast, unsystematic, and maybe even a little chaotic. However, this chaos is nothing that the EP can't handle, and they handle it very smoothly. Because they're so drawn to what they can learn or gain from the external world, they can lack consciousness of or neglect the information they already have inside. For the ENPs, they can ignore or toss aside the details, facts, or evidence available to them from history, from experts, or from their own past experiences. This can create insecurities around the details or foundational elements that they need for their patterns, innovations, or new concepts they create. For the ESPs, they can ignore or be unconscious of the patterns that already exist, and it can create insecurities about what might happen in the future, or anything that they can't experience or see for themselves, or even making the same mistake again and again. Of course, there's so much more we could talk about when it comes to the 16 types relationship to the key concept of consciousness, but we've covered some of the primary concerns, and we've definitely covered enough for you to do some reflection and observations about your own relationship to consciousness. Since I believe that consciousness is central to all the other aspects of the authentic life framework, I won't hesitate to say that I don't believe you can actually create a radically authentic and purposeful life, and I don't believe you'll be able to have the most personally meaningful and positive impact in the world without having an ongoing relationship with consciousness and without continually noticing non-judgmentally how you're showing up in the world. As with all the elements of this framework that I'm going to share over the next several episodes, it's not something you can check off a list. Consciousness 
is an ongoing process that will continue to deepen throughout your life. Now, I mentioned earlier that knowing your personality type is not a requirement for consciousness, but it really, really helps. So if you don't know your 16 types personality type, or if you've had any doubts at all about whether or not you've accurately typed yourself, or whether or not that test you took was accurate, I encourage you to spend some time clarifying your type in this system. If you sign up for my email list at hellopersonality.com slash typing guide, I have a free self-typing guide that you can use as a start to finding your type in the system. But if you are a trailblazer and a meaning maker, and you really want to get started on this work, check out the 16 types level one package. This is the most effective way to get started using your personality type in this system to access your greatest potential and to create the kind of impact that you want to have in this world. Not only does the 16 types level one package include a personality typing interview, an accuracy verification process, and a detailed description of your own mind's wiring, you'll also learn about your unique stressors, triggers, tension points, the imbalances you may experience, and the drivers of your identity based on your type in this system. As you can see, this covers a lot of things that I mentioned in this episode. And once we zero in on your accurate type, you'll get personalized guidance on what to do with this wealth of information. Plus, you'll get priority responses from me to any follow-up emails or questions that you have after we finish the two sessions that are included in this package. If you want to learn more or sign up, go to hellopersonality.com slash 16 types and that's one six types altogether. And I have some more information about this system and this package, and I have some guidance about whether or not this is the best system for you to work with right now. And you can even watch a video on that page that helps you understand a little more about the conversational interview process that I use to uncover your best fit type in this system. This process, this conversational interview process is so much more than just taking a test. So I'd love for you to check that out. I'll include the links to the email sign up for the typing guide that I mentioned and this 16 types level one package in the description for this episode. Okay, that's it for now. I'll see you again in episode three when we look at the second part of the authentic life framework. Take care. Take care.